You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? You guys are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I'm here with one of my friends, Kimberly Novacell. And um, we actually know each other through the fitness community. We've collaborated a bit with Velvet's Ed and some other companies you've worked for. Yeah. So that's how we met. And I noticed a post you did on Instagram a couple weeks ago that really stuck out to me. You do a lot of motivational things on your Instagram. What is your Instagram? Just so people can go look. It's my name, Kimberly Novacell. Okay, at Kimberly Novacell. And she posts a lot of things that are motivating, kind of talking through her experience as a business owner and... Um, just life in general. And you posted something about imposter syndrome. And that really, really spoke to me because I feel like it's something that I've dealt with a lot, just beginning to own my own business and working for myself. And just as you get older, I think a lot of times people look at you and say like, oh, you're an expert at this. I hate the word expert. It stresses me out so much. (laughs) So um, I want to read that post and then we can kind of get into what imposter syndrome is and maybe some tips on like how you've overcome it because I think that's really interesting. So Kimberly said, "Um, over the past year or so, my confidence took a hit after hit as criticism and rejection piled up on me. As I began to question myself, I let all the other negative voices in. I gave them power. Was some of this perceived? Yes. Was much of it lies? Yes. Am I still healing? Just a little. What made me determined to rise instead of remain among the rubble was knowing at the solid and sure core of what had become a broken heart that I am worthy. I am talented. I am important. I have something unique to offer and offering it is entirely up to me. My imperfections don't have to be annihilated. They just have to be separated from the idea that they're the same as weaknesses. And just as Brene Brown says, I love Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just as Brene Brown says, as my self-acceptance continues to strengthen my sense of belonging returns. If you're struggling with feeling like you belong or with imposter syndrome or finding your courage or confidence, know this. It's not easy, but it is in your own hands. Don't let anyone take it away from you. You are beautiful, you precious thing. Um, so, okay, we looked at the definition of imposter syndrome, so we'll start with that. This is from Wikipedia, and this, I so identify with this. Oh my God, this is crazy. Okay. It says, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as, defra- as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experience this, experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all that they have achieved. Individuals with imposterism incorrectly attribute their success to luck or as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent than they perceive themselves to be. So So real. It's so real. And I think it's so interesting because when I think of you, I think of you as a super successful, motivated, you always are, you know, like starting these new businesses. You're so creative. Thanks. So what, talk through, like, what is your experience with imposter syndrome? Yeah. Uh, it's awful. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. The, the time that it really started to rise for me was when I began to lead more people. So okay. with one of my earlier businesses, it was myself and a business partner. And then we'd have maybe an intern or an assistant kind of in and out. 
Uh, and it was when I opened a business that had a team of like 20 people and a lot of them reported to me and I was one of the owners that I started to feel like all of my imperfections were suddenly in the spotlight. Oh yeah. And it just devolved from there. Yeah. I mean, that's totally been my experience too. I think once Velvet's Edge started, I was like, oh shit. Cause then you have people working for you. You have these responsibilities to put yourself out there in all these ways. There's really nowhere to hide. Right. Yeah, and you see everything that you don't like about yourself. Yeah. You're kind of able to live with on a day-to-day basis when no one else sees it. Suddenly, mm-hmm. all that stuff is like right in front of you and you have to face it. And it is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. I think for me, another thing was like the um, the need for me to have to show up every day. Mm-hmm. Like not just like go to an office or go to a job. I was doing that before. But to be present enough to put myself out there every day, that's not easy. So immediately you can feel like, oh God, they're going to figure me out, yes. you know? Yeah, and I read that it causes some people to work even harder, like basically comes in line with like a workaholic um, type of God, habit. Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that was true for me too, where um, I was working around the clock and I had, I had lost boundaries against yeah. like where I needed some self-care, where I needed time away, because I felt like the more I worked and the more I was able to accomplish, the less likely people would be able to criticize me or see where I was like failing them. So like, what were you dealing? I mean, if you don't mind sharing, like yeah. what were some of the insecurities that you were feeling with this? Like what were people going to find out about you? Um, I mean, it's so silly because I also at the same time know that stuff's not true. So right. while you're afraid of it at the same time, you know that you're really good at what you do. It's like this internal conflict. Yeah. Uh, but things like, um, I'm not always immediately receptive to other people's ideas. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm an idea person. And so when somebody comes to me and says, how about this? Yeah. It might be a great idea and I might come around to it, but my immediate reaction is always kind of to put up this wall of like, no, uh, uh-uh, or I don't want to listen. And then a few days later, I might come back to them and say like, Hey, I love what we were talking about. And I'd really yeah. like to help you like put that into place. Um, but that was something I didn't have to deal with before because I didn't have to hear other people's ideas before. Right. When you're only working for yourself (laughs) or like to do one specific job, you don't have to be open or be collaborative as much. Yeah. And so not that that's not true. Like that was something I needed to work on and I was absolutely willing to work on it. And yet I was constantly afraid that people were just going to be like unhappy with me um, or kind of not give me the grace to figure out how to do that better. Yeah, I think when you're in a boss, let's, I guess if you want to call it, position, um, it's similar to like for me a lot of times with hair and makeup or wardrobe stuff, people use the term expert, right? <laughs> and that is so stressful to me because although I do this every day and I do know a lot of things in my mind on a bad day, I'm like, I'm not an expert. I'm just figuring this shit out as I go, you know? And that's what everyone is doing is what I've realized. But I think when people, someone puts you in that category, for me, it triggers a lot of my perfectionism, which I know you've talked about too, into thinking like, oh God, I better come with some, I better come with the perfect answer, the perfect thing, the perfect solution for whatever problem they're having, or they're going to figure me out. Right. And what's awful is like, you are an expert. I don't think of myself as that way. <laughs> and, and you know, on one hand, you could say like, "Oh, you're being humble, and that's great." Yeah. Um, but that could be your imposter syndrome flaring up. It is. And what you need to do is look at yourself and all the work you put in over how many years now, and recognize like, "Oh, you actually are an expert," and that doesn't have to mean that you're flawless. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Because yeah. I always I put the two together. Like, 
if I'm an expert, I should never make a mistake. And we all do that. Yeah, that's unrealistic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So what have you done? I mean, are there, I feel like, well, let's first, let's go back to perfectionism because you mentioned that to me as being a huge part of your imposter syndrome. And that's something that I really, really deal with. Yeah. There are different types of imposter syndrome, but one of them is really closely tied to perfectionism. Yeah. Particularly. And I think, I feel like that's where mine comes from that I was afraid to make a mistake. Uh, If I did, I would overcorrect. What do you mean? Uh, Like if you miss a deadline on something, then the next week you're clarifying deadlines with people. You're turning stuff in early. Like you're overworking and you're over worrying about doing that again. So you overcorrect. I do all of these things. (laughs) This is so funny. I mean, it's interesting to learn. Yeah. So you overcorrect. So you overcorrect. And so I found myself doing that. Um, out of fear, you know, yeah. trying to fix the problem and like literally never do it again. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so unhealthy to like, to work that way and to have your motivation be like these negative things. Yeah. yeah. I call it below the line. So like below the line is anything that's negative and above the line is anything positive. So the okay. same action or the same thing you say could come from either place. Um, so wait, that, explain more. I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to grasp what you're saying, but okay. So it's the same thought, the same thought or the same action. And if the motivation or if the underlying whatever is negative, I call that below the line. Okay. Um, and if it's positive, it's above the line. So okay. if you're working really hard to meet a deadline because you respect the person who you owe that work to yeah. um, and because you love your job and because you understand that deadlines are, you know, sort of contracts of sorts. Um, then that's above the line. You're doing that for the right reasons. And if you're working hard to meet that deadline because you missed one last week and you absolutely refuse to allow yourself to ever make a mistake, then that's below the line. Uh, it's negative motivation. Do you think a lot of people struggle with this? this I am sure. sure. Yeah. I, I feel like there's two types of people. Like I'll see some people who almost seem like so confident in their abilities to me, like almost overly, like that they just know that they deserve certain things which I have great respect for because that is not how my brain works. Um, But then I see on the other hand, people, yes, who like have a lot of self-doubt in their accomplishments or the big one for me from this definition is like they attribute their success to luck. I say that all the time. Like how I, how I got certain clients, I say, Oh, I was just so lucky and I met them at the right time, Mm -hmm. you know? But at the end of the day, it's like, if I wasn't doing the job, I wouldn't have that job. Right. So it's definitely discrediting my skill set or whatever I do. Yes, yeah. Like, do you think you have something unique to offer? Do you think that person actually picked you for a reason and not just that you were standing in front of them when they needed to hire right. that role? Right. I would be like, oh, I just wasn't the right place, right time. Yeah. <laughs> and Although I've been with most of those clients for like eight or nine years. Yeah. You know, so it's like you would get figured out. But it is a constant thing in your head of like, oh God, they're going to know that I just, I don't know that I'm, I don't have every answer all the time. Yeah. And you don't, and that's okay. I know. It doesn't have to come with this fear. And that's, that is like a hard battle and yeah. it's not over for me. No, no, no. But so what do you do? Like when you get sucked into those kind of thoughts, like what are ways to kind of counteract this mindset? Yeah. Um, one for me was there was a particular person on my team who kind of fed those voices. So okay. even though it is an internal battle and even though we're responsible for the power that we give to any message that we're getting, yeah. um, and I was giving that person's messages power, um, something that I would have done in the future that I should have done in this past situation is to recognize that that voice was fueling this fire within me and to remove that. 
from from my circle. So whether that was just dealing with it and creating better communication with that person yeah. or not being on the same team as that person, um, that's something that I think I would want to do next time that I didn't do to care for myself. So time. basically that person was triggering your own internal thoughts. Yes. Yeah. But that person was constantly making me like second guess mm-hmm. the decisions I made and making yeah. me feel like I was wrong and kind of overriding me or like, I use the word bulldozing yeah. my decisions yeah. um, and really making me feel like I wasn't qualified. Interesting. Um, what else? What are other, like, is there anything you do on a daily basis to kind of get yourself in a non-imposter syndrome yeah. mindset? <laughs> uh, I've created some better self-care so that, you know, if that means like walking away from my phone yeah. uh, and just having time that's away from work because that reminds me of like that I have a life outside of work yeah you know? it doesn't have to define you yeah mm-hmm. yeah it separates um some of the feelings of work and, and it builds your confidence too because you can be good at other things like uh-huh. if I go for a hike I remember how much I love being outside and how much I know about the outdoors I have mm-hmm. my wilderness first aid certification so if I go on a hike I kind of have those thoughts and I remember that this is something that I'm good at even though that's separate from my work and it builds your confidence, which yeah. comes back to your work again. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Because if you're feeling confidence in any area mm-hmm. and connecting to that, it's going to carry over into everything. Yeah. Uh, and then another thing is working on some of the things that are like my perceived weaknesses. Okay. So in my last business, I didn't handle any of the financial stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I got like D's in finance in college. Yeah. And so I've told I my numbers <laughs> too. It is not my thing. Not my thing. I but I've told myself that story for so long that like that's not something that I'm good at and that I shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And then I missed out on the opportunity to learn from that in the last business because I had never touched them and I let this other person handle all of that information. Right. Um, while the next time around, so I'm working on a new business and I've been handling all of the budget and all of the talks with the investor, um, all the negotiations with the landlord and all of that. And I've done really well at it. You're like, wait a second, I can do this. Yeah. So I feel like if there's something you feel like you're not great at and it kind of causes you to question your overall abilities, then take a class in it, Mm -hmm. practice it, Mm -hmm. um, somehow see if maybe you're wrong and you are actually good at it or could learn to be good at it. And if not, then delegate it. Right. And say, okay, if I feel like I'm not good at this, instead of constantly beating myself up week after week or day after day, I'm going to let somebody who can do this handle it. And then you no longer have to have that feeling of like, I'm going to not measure up at this particular thing. Right. Yeah. Always ask for help. That was, that was a big yeah. one for me to learn. Yeah. But I do identify with that as well. I've been in situations where, you know, someone's like, well, I'll handle this because I'm really good at it. And then all of a sudden the message that I end up hearing is, and you're not as good. Yeah. So then I check out. I think I can't do something. And sometimes for me, it just takes sitting down and trying it. And I can figure a lot of stuff out. Yes. You know what I mean? That's how we got where we are. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and he, any sort of entrepreneur usually is like a figure it out type of person. 100%. I think, I think that kind of touches on too the fact that the older I get, the more I realize like about what I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you, I think when you're in your twenties or something, it's like, you have this like know-it-all attitude and then you turn and you get into your thirties and you're like, oh shit, I know nothing. <laughs> but that's okay. Like you said, it doesn't discount the stuff that you do know. It just means that life is like constantly about growing. And yes, absolutely. Especially sure. if you're a business owner. I mean, every day I learn something new. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, I, I came out of that last situation and felt like I had to question everything. Yeah. Um, like whether or not I was doing the right job or whether or not I should be an entrepreneur. And like that, that whole situation threatened to like tear me apart and kind of change the course of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's super scary. Yeah. Um, 
the, what I ended up deciding as I had some space from it was that I wanted to keep doing what I was doing. And that helps build my confidence too, is sort of backing up and considering and then coming back to it. Well, knowing you have the passion. Yes. And that's there. Yeah. yeah. But there was nothing else I would rather do than this. Yeah. Um, and that, that was enough to like sustain me. Wow. Yeah. What, what was the process like after, and I'm only asking these questions because I've been through similar things, but like, I think a lot of times when people see a successful person, they don't think about all that it's taken to get them there, right. you know? And so you talk about some of your businesses not working out in the past. And I've had similar situations where, or partnerships that haven't worked out. Mm -hmm. What was it like picking up the pieces with that? You said you took some space. What does that look like? Yeah. So I actually left Nashville. Um, I went out to the Northwest for six weeks and spent some time up there which allowed me to have like all of the emotions I needed to have yeah. I'm grieving, grieving the, the business um, and the relationships and my, like what I wanted my life to be. I thought I was going to be there for years to come um, and have all those feelings outside of Nashville where mm -hmm. I felt like all these people knew who I was and attributed me to that particular business. Yeah. So instead of feeling like everybody was watching me grieve, I got to go kind of do that privately and run through all of the emotions I needed to have. Um, so that was really beautiful. And it also being somewhere new gave me the inspiration for a new business, uh, seeing like what someone was doing in another city or even just getting in touch with like parts of yourself that don't come up in your day to day life where you are. Um, so that was kind of a luxury to be able to do that, but it really made a difference in my process. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of new businesses, let's talk about your new business. Yes. I'm so excited about this. Thanks. So you are working on a meditation studio, yes. correct? Nashville does not have anything like this, so I am thrilled. It doesn't. Yeah, some of the yoga studios have like meditation workshops from time mm -hmm. to time. And I feel like the fitness industry here in the last few years has really, really grown. Mm -hmm. um, and there are more people involved in it. There are more people recognizing that there's a tie between fitness and like our self-care and living your best life. It's not all about just like, let's get those six pack abs. Right. Uh, there's more to it than that. And I feel like the time is just perfect for something new like this. Um, so we'll be doing modern meditation, um, guided meditation classes where they're focused on just sitting and breathing, which we okay. all know more of. Yeah. Um, or some of the classes will be have certain like themes mm -hmm. um, or visualizations that we do that are just all centered around the idea of um, finding your own voice and living your best life. I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago um, with he's actually a radiation oncologist in LA. Oh. Yeah, but he comes from a Buddhist background and like grew up doing all sorts of meditation. So he really buys into, his name is Dr. Roy Von Tama. He really buys into the importance of meditation and like what you're saying about the fitness community, just like how we hold trauma, how we hold stress and yeah. the effects that that can have on your body are insane. It's so true. Yeah. There are like such proven effects on like meditation for improving stress, for improving health. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so, so many benefits. Well, I told this to him too, is I suck at meditation. <laughs> and he was like, well, that's the first message we're going to have to work on. <laughs> but, um, it's super hard for me. First of all, I just don't want to do it. Like I, there's a lot of things that I do for self care. There's a lot of, um, you know, like quiet time things that I can kind of yeah. do. For some reason, I have a huge resistance to meditation. I think, and, and this is funny because it suddenly brings us back to imposter syndrome, but I think, <laughs> I think part of that, and I've been there myself, so I totally understand, is the idea that you're not good at it. 
like, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to just breathe for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, yeah. whatever, but I'm not going to be able to slow my mind down because I have all these things to do later. So right. I'm going to read a book or I'm going to watch Netflix or I'm going to go right. for a walk or whatever that's more right. active and doesn't actually give us that quiet. Well, I like to do stuff. That yeah. is like, I'm an overdoer for sure. And so when I feel like it's just the idea is to just sit there, you know, it's like, wait, what? I just, I can't. <laughs> Definitely my mind starts running, which he said, invite those thoughts. Yes. But I just want to go do something about those thoughts. Can I give know? you one of my tips about that? Please. Okay, so I'm really, I love the visualizations. I'm like a very creative person and I like to be yeah. able to like see something and imagine it. I'm very imaginative, which entrepreneurial, like that, you yeah. know, that makes sense, creating these business yes. businesses and brands. But what helps me when I'm having that feeling of like, well, if I can't shut my mind down, I'm failing at this, right? Wrong. Yeah. That's not right. So I imagine that Tell I'm me I'm standing. winning at it and I'll probably want to do it. <laughs> I imagine that I'm standing in like a pond of still water, like waist high. Okay. okay. And then there are these little sailboats that come at me and those are my thoughts coming in. Okay. Like um, in Central Park, there's like those toy sailboats, right? So every thought that kind of comes into my mind unwillingly because we can't stop our minds right. all the time is one of those little sailboats. And I sort of gently receive it and turn it around and send it away. That's what he said. He said, he said, invite it in recognize the thought he said it's actually really good so you can know where your mind is gonna go like yes. he said invite that yes but then it's like but okay now it's time for you to go away this is not the time for me to yeah. think about it send it away you don't even have to complete the thought so okay. if I think of like oh I really wanted to write that social media post for yeah. the new business about this thing instead of allowing myself to sit in that and write it you know start to compose it in my mind in that moment instead it's like okay that's something I'm gonna come back to later and you send that little boat away see I would want to like open my eyes make it make a note because so, I'll forget if I don't yeah you know what I think mean think of it this way though there are other thoughts that need to happen and if you pause them to allow that one it's full like life in that moment you're going to miss out on other things you're supposed to be like discovering in that 10 minutes like what okay so what are thoughts in meditation that are like the, what you're talking about like what thoughts should I be inviting you have in? to wait and find out no tell me <laughs> it's different for everybody uh, but I feel like the, the word I keep coming back to as I'm learning more about this and preparing this new business is truth. So okay. a lot of it's your own truth. And you'll, you'll hear things like in your own voice that you haven't thought in a long time or that you've never thought before that are going to be part of your future that need to come up. Really? Um, yeah, and that's part of the beauty of it. But there's no right or wrong way to do it. So you don't have to sit with your fingers in their little circles. Um, you can lie all down. You can just sit yeah. wherever you're comfortable. Yeah. You don't have to chant. Um, and you don't have to like still your mind completely. You don't have to levitate. There's like all these sort of stereotypes about what it really means. And totally. it truly is. Um, the definition of meditation is what you can do with your mind, body, and breath, period. Uh, so that's, that's all. So we want people to come and sort of learn that, you know, set aside the fears like you have about yeah. not knowing how to do it or not being good at it. Yeah. So at the studio, will you guys have different types of like different types of classes you can do for different types of meditation, or how does it work? Yeah, we're gonna have basically just this sort of modern meditation style, so okay. really approachable for anybody. Yeah. You don't have to have experience. You don't have yeah. to have any particular religious affiliation. Um, but the three types we're gonna focus on are one that's really just breath oriented, and there's less verbal guiding from us. Um, we just kind of coach you into breathing and being still, and then your mind can go from there. Okay. Um, one that's a little more guided, so we'll talk more about themes or about what you should be thinking, or we'll tell you um, things like your visualize your breath as light, and that kind of yeah. gives you just this beautiful, amazing feeling that you walk away with. Uh, 
So that's the second one being more guided. And then the third will involve music. So for people who um, aren't as comfortable with the silence, and music has such an emotional component too. Totally. So that'll bring up things that the other classes wouldn't. So that's like a third offering. It's very fitting for Nashville. It well. is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I have had some success. I've, um, I've done some therapy. Like in a ther- one of my therapists is a huge meditation uh-huh. proponent. And so we would start every session. I said one of my therapists. <laughs> Over the years, How many do you have? No, I, I don't see her anymore. This is why I said that, but I have a different one now. Anyway, one of my past therapists. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm less worried now. Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> so she would start every session with a meditation. I don't know what you call it. Session. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but she would kind of be like, picture yourself in an outdoor scenario. And then it was like all of the answers that I needed to know about what I felt comfortable with or kind of learning about like my inner child type stuff was in what I was picking through that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That was like, that was interesting. But again, it was making me think and I like to do. So Mm -hmm. it was like, I almost am like, was that really quieting my mind? I don't yeah. really know. Well, you might then you might start in like our guided class where you have a little bit more like to give your mind to yeah. do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Something for I'm everyone. definitely <laughs> trying this out. I'm so excited. So you said it's going to open early 2019? Yes. Is that, yeah. March-ish. So March-ish. sometime early 2019. And it's called, do you want to say the name? It's like I the will. big reveal. This is the big podcast. podcast. It hasn't been public yet. So this is the, the announcement. We'll do it right here. It's, it's, on. <laughs> it's called Flourish Meditation. Flourish Meditation. I love that because you're going to flourish in your life yes, once you meditate. Exactly. So beautiful. I will be a regular at Flourish Meditation. I'm going to tell you that much. I do actually buy into what it does for your body and your mind. Again, I just don't like really want to do it, which Dr. Hong Thomas says probably means I need to do it really bad. I think so. <laughs> I think so. We put that on our marketing. Yeah. Even when I'm talking to you about it, I get this like pit in my stomach and I'm like, oh, which definitely means there's some fear there for me. and like, it's probably something I need to just lead into. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kimberly, thank you so much for doing this. Thank with you. Me. Okay. So people can find you on Instagram at, we said at Kimberly Novacell. Yeah. Spell that out because I don't think that's I will. Yeah. Name. Kimberly is K-I-M-B-R-L-Y. Okay. And then Novacell is N-O-V-O-S-E-L. Okay. And then will Flourish have its own Instagram? It does. It's at Flourish Meditation. At Flourish Meditation. So you guys can check out that Instagram for updates on when it's going to open if you're in Nashville or if you're planning a trip, go meditate. Yeah. What a good way to like start a vacation. I think so. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. And if you guys have more questions, you can message me or email me at info at velvetsedge.com or you can message Kimberly directly at Kimberly himself. Bye. Bye.